Hey everybody, episode 62 of the R&R&R show is brought to you by Perk Coffee. And right now, you can get 15% off your next order if you head over to perk.rotto.com. And you might want to check it out because this coffee is so good, it's brought a special guest host to the show. And without any further ado, let's go. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And welcome, folks, to the R&R&R show. The special guest that Richard was talking about is right here, and apparently it's someone's birthday as well. Welcome, Kimberly Tolson from Tabletop Tolson. How are you? Hi, everybody. Thank you. This is really exciting. I'm, I'm super happy I had the break in my schedule to come and join you. Nice. Really appreciate it. And, of course, as always, the wonderful Chris George of A Room and a Board. Chris, how's it going, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, especially because Kimberly is here. I am so <laughs> thrilled to have her on here, and because now we can finally get some class up in right. these R and R shows. You know? Finally, it's been such a can, long time. Yep, it's, with us, the riffraff, we we finally got somebody with with poise and esteem and yes. great opinions and i'm just very excited that this episode will be the best one ever because of that yeah, exactly Ooh. and we have a new sponsor as you show as saw there in the uh intro folks Perk mm-hmm. coffee um kimberly we are both fans of coffee drinking coffee and enjoying it um yes. we actually got to talk about this a little while ago um we are both really enjoying this uh perk coffee and i'm I've got my mug. I've got my shirt. I'm repping. I, I love it so much. Um, I'm drinking uh, right now. They actually have instant coffee. I, I usually don't drink oh, instant cool. coffee, but I had to try it. Um, they've got a little box of instant coffee out uh, of some of their yeah. you know, most popular products. Yeah, you got it too. Awesome. Um, yeah. I'm having right now, Kimberly, I have the Brazil blend. That's been my favorite uh, to go oh, to these yeah. last couple of weeks. What about you? What are you drinking? So right now I'm actually having the new, uh, I got um, a new one. Where, where are you? So the Brazil smooth and nutty. I love it's slightly off the screen because of the cut. Um, but I'm doing this guy right now, which is, um, it says fruit cocktail and dark chocolate. And it, I mean, they really are so true to their little tiny description. Like if you want, a vibrant and fruity, or if you want a mellow or sweet, I mean, like it just has the hint of that, but I, I've been drinking it for weeks now and I've actually had one of the instant (laughs) coffees and it's, it's great because I do mine, I get full beans and then I, I grind them. So if I don't want to go through the whole (laughs) rigmarole of getting my coffee ready, (laughs) that instant is uh, 12 ounces of, of yum and it's no mess. So I, I really enjoy that too. Super easy, but I do. Yeah. I, I've been, that you know, sounds delicious. Fruit yeah, cocktail, right? In a coffee, that, <laughs> that might make me a coffee drinker. I'll tell you. Yeah, I don't. I I'm too energetic as it is. If I had caffeine, I would be off the walls. Mm. But um, 
I don't know. I I'm I'm I can honestly say that Perk Coffee is my favorite coffee producer out there. Nice. I can say that. <laughs> I can say that because they're interested in supporting a board game channel. So if I'm yeah, going to start drinking coffee, if yeah. I want to start drinking coffee, obviously I'm going to go support the people who are supporting the things that I like. Right. Right. And Chris, you so know, even that's if you like a legitimate coffee, thing. Yeah. And even if you don't even like with coffee my funny, because it yeah. makes you too yeah. wired, we, they have decaf as well, you know, for those times when you just want the, you know, enjoy yeah. the taste and don't need all the caffeine. The the I can testify to, you know, the decaf is just as delicious. It's really good flavor. And, you know, Kimberly, I, I love how you say it. it's 12 ounce of, uh, of goodness and yumminess. It really is. And the little descriptions, you know, you brought that up as far as, you know, <laughs> they really do hold true to what they say. So the Brazil... Um, some people have called me this. It's smooth and nutty. Uh, it's really, you know, <laughs> good stuff. I really enjoy this every Sunday yeah. morning. Now, I have my ritual. I have my Sunday crossword paper. I have a nice hot cup of uh, coffee. And these days, it's uh, the Brazil from Perk. So, folks, and check it out. Uh, be sure lucky, to use. You get the donut. <laughs> oh, yeah. And within the donut, too. Yeah. Wow. You know my routine better than yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. I always have the, the donut and the coffee and yeah. the crossword. Uh, yeah. But friends, uh, be sure to uh, check that out. You can get a 15% uh, discount uh, using the uh, Rotto Runs Through uh, um, code, which is RRT15 over there when you check out at the uh, website. We'll, we'll run it again at the end of the show. But yeah, seriously, coffee. you're going to yeah. be drinking coffee anyway. Let's let's be honest. You might as well get the coffee from someone who supports board gaming. Exactly. Let's, come on. Our, our come fellow on, board game uh, people, of, of course. Um, but hey, let's move on to these top 12 hidden gems that we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is exciting. Um, Kimberly, it's her first time on the show, and I'm excited to hear what she has on the list. And we have Richard join us as well uh, via the uh, magic of video. So... Folks, we're going to get into it, and um, Kimberly, it is, uh, you know, it's, you're the guest, it's your special day, so we're going to have you kick things off uh, with the, the number is number 12 on the list, please, I believe, uh, we we do have 12, yeah, Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's get, let's get this party started. Five, five, four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, My 12, which is my third favorite correct <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah 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 because um, we need to get three is is a um real-time dexterity game and already i've lost like 75 percent of board gamers but <laughs> you know it's it's just delightful and it was designed by a really really good friend who has just blown everyone away um, with another game that we might be more familiar with. His name is Eric Royce, and the game is For Science. Oh, for science. oh cool. I've yeah, heard really good things. It. I haven't played it. <laughs> yeah. So For Science is a cooperative game, and it's timed. And what you're doing is you've got these, like, um, scientific or medical uh, design plans that you have to uh, put together, I guess, disease and mutation, but it's all like kind of a biology based uh, theme. And these cards you add to uh, collective areas and they're going to tell you that you have to build certain like children's building blocks on top of and in an order of like three different bases and you have to build it and then build and then build. And after you think you've built it, in real time, while the timer's going, you have to say, uh, I need I need someone to check this. Someone needs to come and check my work. Because in science, you have to, like, double check everyone's work. 
Yeah. Uh, and so then someone has to leave what they're doing because you're all working at the same time and they have to come over and they have to make sure that everything's right. And you would be surprised how many times you've got something wrong. And they either say, <laughs> yes, you got it or no, go back and fix it. And there are going to be these mutations that give you like restrictions or requirements that make it that much harder. And you're just working together with just these chunky blocks. And boy, is it fun. I mean, it's just fun. You lose your first game. Like you just, you just do. There's yeah. no, <laughs> there's no way that first time you can make it under the, the pressure, but the better you get at it, the better you communicate, then you can start adding all these different restrictions, different shapes and lowering your time limit to kind of give you more of a challenge. It's loads, loads of fun. Nice. Awesome. So just uh, in the video here watching, uh, we were watching a (laughs) clip from Shut Up and Sit Down. They actually did a comparison (laughs) with uh, Rush MD, which we showed in the start of the video. But here is First Science. I'd never heard of this game, Kimberly. So this is a great hidden gem. Um, Mm -hmm. I had no idea this game existed. Yeah. I actually got to play a prototype version of it because when I go to the conventions, I get to see uh, Eric there. Um, and we all know um, it's Spirit Island. Uh, yeah, is what yep. he's more known for. Uh, but this is just a real, a real treat. And nice. again, you know, it's the the real time. But I do like the cooperative. Um, but it's just, it's just a real treat. Awesome. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've, um, I've heard I, really good. I've heard really good things. It, it was it was on my list that I hoped would be on someone's list, but I couldn't pick it because uh, <laughs> I, I had never played it. But I was like, I hope yeah. somebody picks this because I figured I'd, yeah. we might see it on here. Cool. Well, and it's below it. three thousand on BGG. It's worth yep. mentioning that that was kind of our our bar, right? Anything mm. for a lot of hidden gems, you go below a thousand. We're like, nah, we're going below three thousand here yeah. in the year twenty twenty one, and like that that. Is is bananas to me. That's something that there, there are so many really good games that just I think haven't had enough ratings to push them up or or enough people playing them. Right. So yep. that's why yeah. we really felt that they were the truest hidden gems. Yes. So right. yeah. yeah. Thank you for bringing that up, Chris. That's so true. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, we're go- we're diving deep for y'all folks. So that's why these are yeah. true hidden gems. Uh, so that's a great one. Number twelve for science. Uh, Chris, we've yeah. got uh, number eleven from you, my friend. Yeah, my number, our number eleven. Yes, you know, my third. Um, the the ones that I picked, they they just happen to go in further away from three thousand. So this one's sitting at. Uh, I was just looking it up. Uh, three thousand one hundred and seventy seven, or at least it was when I was making the list. Perhaps mm-hmm. things have shifted. Uh, and this one, I think, deserves to get a little bit more recognition. My friend introduced this to me, and he was really enjoying it. And that is uh, by uh, Reiner Knizia, the Lost Cities Roll and Write. Oh, so okay. yeah, Lost Cities Roll and Write. If you've played Lost Cities, that's the two-player card mm-hmm. game where you're going on those expeditions, and it's kind of this back and forth of of what mm-hmm. do you do. And if if you commit to an expedition, you have to kind of progress a certain amount of time along with it in order to get points, or else you're going to get negative points. And so it's this push of do I have enough cards to commit to this expeditions? Will I draw the right cards? Basically a 50-50 chance when you get to, to Lost Cities. Mm-hmm. And for this one, uh, they've ne- Reiner Knizia has now converted it into a roll and write with that same premise. But you're going to roll the six dice. There's going to be six dice, three symbols, three numbers, as uh, Richard's doing on the screen right now. Maybe. I don't know. I thought I'd time it out. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> and is. you, as as the person, get to choose the uh, one number and one symbol. And you put it at the bottom of the track. And if you put like a zero, you can give yourself a double multiplier. But 
be careful because if you don't get enough up the track, then you're going to lose more points, right? So it follows the very same premise. Uh, and, and what I do like about it is that it is... It, this would be a really good introductory roll and write for people. It feels very much like a mini game in Gonchon Clever, or that's really clever, or that's so clever, whatever it is. Um, and it gives me it gives me those vibes. And my friend uh, introduced it to me. He's like, "Oh, this was actually really fun. We played it. It's just super light, super easy, right? There's there's three things you have to keep track of. Keep your numbers low at the start. Keep progressing up. There's these little arrows that if you go on, you can trigger, you can write that same number in any column you want. And then there's monitoring these little artifact symbols that you're trying to collect as well. And you're just trying to get up the highest on all the tracks as possible. But it's just like very simple, really slick roll and write. I'm surprised it's down below the 3000s. I can see I can see like it, it's not going to get into the top 100, but it's it's just like light and refreshing and for me, I think I think I might like it more than Lost Cities. I I like Whoa. Lost Cities, okay. But but for for me, it basically I know I know that's a that's a radical statement, um, and that's kind of why I wanted to put it on because I could make that radical statement because I want it to be edgy. Um, but for me, I I like that in Lost Cities. I, for it always feels like a 50-50 chance, and so I I I push my luck all the time in that game when I shouldn't, but. Because I know I'm just going to keep drawing cards. And eventually I might get that card that I need. You know what I mean? And the timing yeah. is interesting yeah. for there. Here you have that same timing element, but it doesn't feel like that 50-50 chance. It feels like a wider potential of probability and, and potential of, of decisions to make. And I think that's what I liked more about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want that head-to-head, am I holding on to the card that they need style? Well, then you want Lost Cities, the, the card game. Right. But... Uh, or yeah, just lost cities, but lost. um, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. So that's my that's that's our number eleven is nice. the lost cities rolling right. I was surprised to see it below three thousand. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll say it. I, I was too. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised uh, because I know the Lost Cities franchise is very, very yeah. popular. And again, yeah. Chris, you, you had me at Kinesia. You know, you put the Kinesia there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm all about it. I've enjoyed, like, Lost Cities is uh, an all-timer for me. And I actually enjoy yeah. the Roll and Write and the board game as well. Have you have either of mm. you played the board game version of it? I haven't played the board game, no. Yeah, it's, it retains the same thing, you know, that, that sort of, like, push your luck and, you know, trying to climb up the ladder of numbers. And um, I thought the Roll and Write, is, it, like you said, Chris, it's light and breezy and it's, you know, yeah. I like the fact that, I don't know, you know how most rolling rights these days, you have to have some kind of way to mitigate dice and like all that. I yeah. like the fact that the good the good doctor said, no, you're going to go with these dice and that's it. You know, you got to make a choice, <laughs> yeah, it, you know? It's whatever happens, happens. Yep. It feels like, yeah, it really feels like one aspect of like a Gonchon Clever game. And so right. my, my friend who introduced was like, this is amazing. I was like, okay, well then your next step is X, right? Like it's the, it feels like the previous one before that. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to say I really, really like Lost Cities. That was actually the very first board game I ever played with my husband. I never played as a Euro, like a Euro game. Like I cool. played games growing up as a kid. But that was like the first game I ever played. And so that holds a, a near and dear space in my heart. Um, and I got to play a game or two of uh, the dice game. And I found uh, the, the dynamic of the choices that it's not necessarily built into the deck with just exactly this number in this color. Mm-hmm. And so that was what I was so used to. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it was a little too wild, but I, I do yeah. appreciate the breezy <laughs> uh, nature of it. And, and I do enjoy that challenge. I think it's just such a great uh, core system. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know that Dr. Kinesi is just a wild one, folks. Um, let's move on to our <laughs> number 10. Uh, this is my choice for our list. Uh, this one, 
I I think this is such a fantastic game. It is um, a card drafting game, a set collection game called Enchanted Plumes. Uh, this was released um, a couple of years ago, and I actually did a run through of it uh, with my um, uh, family over on my channel when we first started streaming on uh, Twitch, actually. So there you are. Um, you're drafting these. Uh, you're basically making peacock feathers. You're making the, uh, the plumes, uh, adding them to them. As you can see there, you start by drafting these cards. They're all different colors and numbers. And for you, my fellow colorblind player um, uh, players out there, they do have really cool graphics and icons that really make it easy to determine, you know, what's green, what's red, and so forth. But what you're doing is drawing these things, and you're making these uh, uh, peacocks. They're feathers. You can make them any, you know, uh, size you want. But as you start the row. That first row, those are negative points. So you need to build like in a reverse pyramid, as you see there. And uh, the reverse pyramid works like the ones in front of the back row are going to be worth positive points. And you keep going and going until there's like, you know, a certain, uh, you go through most of the deck, there's a certain like peacock that shows up. Okay, that's the end of the game. So you're not really sure when the timing of the game is going to end. But oh man, it's beautiful on the table. It's got one of those. Uh, you know, for a card game, it's got presence, right? I mean, you look at this, it's, oh, it's just gorgeous. And the me mechanisms are really easy to, uh, to get. It's basic set collection, but it's got that push your luck element because you can, you know, figure out a way or you, you have uh, options where you can draw off the deck or you can, you know, slide cards over, bring some in and you're going to, you know, reveal some. It's like, oh, am I going to get stuck with this? Because if I do, I'm going to have to start a new peacock. And if I start a new peacock and feathers, those are negative points. But I'm trying to get the ones that are going to be positive points by lining up. You know, of course, you know, you have to have them in ascending order or descending order. I forget. And you have to have the right, the same colors to score. It's so good. It's a small box game. And sort of like, you know, Lost Cities by our friend Dr. Kinesia. It's got tension built throughout the game uh, using such a simple system of just, you know, drafting cards and making peacocks. That's why I chose this as our number 10 uh, for Hidden Gems of 2021. Um, cool. Any, uh, have y'all played this one or heard of it? Never. No, I've heard I haven't of it, even but, heard but of I haven't it. played it. No. Yeah, this is from uh, Calliope Games. They do, you know, uh, things like Roll For It and also, um, mm. I, f I forget some of the other games they do. Oh, Suro. Some, some games that are very, you know, gateway. Yeah. And yeah, I would call this a gateway game, but it's uh, got some really nice strategy and depth to it. So that's why I think it's a hidden gem of uh, 2021. Okay. Nice. So that's our number 10. Let's move on over to our number nine. Uh, joining us from the wonderful world of video is our friend Richard. Take it away, Richard. Okay, everybody. I'm about to let you know about number nine on the list, which I'm very excited about. But honestly, folks, there were so many games. I have like a list of 16 hidden gems from 2021 that I would like to talk about. And I had to narrow it down to fit within the parameters of this list. And um, if you want to know more. If this is just starting to whet your appetite about other games that you might have missed, in addition to these 12, you can hit that eye up on the top right corner screen, or you can follow the links down in the show notes to go to the extended edition of the R&R&R show, episode 62. R-Cubed Extended Edition is great, because not only do you get everything we're talking about right now, but um, there is a pre-show where Kimberly and Chris and Ruel talked about all kinds of stuff, and chit-chatted and did special segments, and then in the post-show, well, I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm telling you, I'll tell you about all 16 of the games that were on my shortlist. I'll rapid-fire through them. But that's if you want to go the extended version, hit that I, follow the links down in the show notes. If you just want to know about the best of the best, you're in the right place already. So let me tell you about number nine, Terra Futura. 
Now, this is a sweet fast-playing, almost filler-length uh, engine builder that is so crunchy and heavy and tension-filled. I love it to pieces. It made my initial top 10 of 2021, in fact. It was so good. And what is it? Well, it's a very simple game all about trying to build up the infrastructure for your country to fulfill the needs of your people while also not destroying the planet. And every turn, you're simply going to draft a card that could be a resource-producing thing like a wind farm or, or regular farms or mining operations, whatever, or actual industries uh, that are all about converting the raw resources into the stuff that our population needs. Sometimes producing uh, pollution, sometimes not, depending on how it goes. Here's the trick, though. You're going to grab one of the cards that are on display, you're going to slot it into somewhere, your choice, on a 3x3 three three grid. The game is over once you have played 9 cards. Now, when you put the card down, you're going to activate it and do whatever it says, and you will also, in whatever order you want, activate everything in the same row and the same column. And that's the secret sauce that makes this game so compelling. Because the first couple turns, hey, I play one card, I activate it. I play another card, now I activate both. But then, once you start putting your third and your fourth and your fifth card down, you're trying to lay this grid out so that you can basically activate multiple cards that can feed each other. This one generates stuff, this one converts it into points, and oh my gosh, this third one sets me up for another round, etc. But there's an extra twist too, because as part of setup, each player has two endgame cards. And these endgame cards have two elements. They One of the elements says, hey, at the end of the game, after you've played your 3x3 your three three grid, and you've done everything you can, pick a couple more cards, sometimes three cards, and activate them again for a big, super, mega blowout end turn. Now, the other thing on these end cards are, hey, get extra points for having these particular combinations of resources, this type of set collection. And you have two of these cards. And throughout the game, you're constantly thinking, at the end of the game, I'm going to play one of these end cards for the in-game bonus points, uh, You know, so I have different set collection needs. I'm going to play the other card to do the big, super monster bonus turn. And the thing is, you might be building your grid with that super monster bonus turn in mind, knowing that the other end card is going to be how you score points, but then you realize, I'm not going to get enough resources to get enough sets off this other card. I need to swap these two, which means all of a sudden, you might go to doing a completely different layout. This game is so simple, very short rule set, and yet so rich, so tension-filled, um, and so much to consider with every single card you grab, and every single card you play, and every single card you activate in these bit. As the game goes on, you just get bigger, more powerful combo turns, you know, culminating in a big super monster turn, almost like a final boss fight at the end of the game. And I absolutely love it to pieces. I can't believe. It is only number 9,889 on Board Game Geek. I believe that's because it's from a fairly small independent publisher and it got a very small limited release at Essence Spiel. So it might be kind of hard to get your hands on it, but folks, you can watch my run-through. I think it is well worth it. Terra Futura. Okay, what's next? Wow. Uh, this is a game I had no idea. I had never heard of this game. Um... Yeah, but it seems like my jam, mm -hmm. tile lane and resource management. I'm all about that. Yeah, you better you better steal Richard's copy right away. <laughs> get, him to, yeah. get him to send it to you. <laughs> right. Um, have either of you heard or played this game? I hadn't. Neither. No. Yeah, that makes well, me very excited. Yeah. When so, I. Uh, yeah. That's that's why they're hitting gems, agree. folks. Yeah. Yeah, nine thousand on the list, but it it does. It looks really appealing. It's got that whole grid. Uh, you know, management that I think mm -hmm. is is yeah. super hot right now. So uh, two years ago now. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, what a, what right. a pick! 
it's yeah. funny how you know it was it's only two years ago and yet it's totally been forgotten or just even never heard of so <laughs> yeah this yeah. is a great way to to dig up those hidden gems uh let's move on to number eight uh back to you kimberly oh boy okay is it back to you am i doing the numbers right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so. okay yeah, so. <laughs> uh yeah so um mine is uh, a pick it is my favorite of um this this year, but the crazy thing about this is this designer released four games in 2021. And this was my one pick from them that I think just blew my socks off. And it's Dr. Steve Finn and the game is Biblios Quill and Parchment. Oh, Um, oh boy. I could have easily snuck in the whatnot cabinet mining colony and manga parbat because those were just great games all of which are not they're 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 the hidden gems they're kind of hidden down there and again i think it might be the independent release yeah um that, that he does but um i'm just a huge uh you know dr stephen uh fan so in this it's a roll and write but it's pretty unique as a roll and write because it's super, super interactive because in the first, there's eight, eight rounds. And in the first part of the game, you're rolling your own dice and you have a really interesting dice re-roll opportunity of one die of all the dice you roll or all the dice or none of the dice. And so you get to keep what you have and you're making progress in these, uh, you know, little book colors on the, the right side of your player board. And you're also just gaining a bunch of numbers and you're, you're trying to amass bidding points because in the second half of the game which is the last four rounds there's going to be a central play board and in the picture you see in the cutaway it's on the top and there are going to be these dice rolled and you are now going to secretly spend a number of those amassed points to bid for priority and selecting the the row that you want that has the pips and the sides and the bonuses that you want and you're also kind of going around on this little map and finding all the bonuses on a map. And you want to get a lot of the uh, colors on the side because you're going to be earning um, point multipliers based on the dice that are on that very top board. So there's a lot of pecking order. There's a lot of like a race feature. There's definitely that. I'm going to go and take this first before you. And then you're like, oh, no, what am I going to do? So I, I like it. It's just juicy. It's nice. It's straightforward super replayable. There are even multiple sides that you can play on with when it comes to like just a little bit of variety. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a really, really good game. It, it's it's one of my favorites of his. Nice. I, I'm a huge uh, Dr. Steve fan, <laughs> uh, Steve Finn uh, fan as well. Yeah. And I haven't played this one yet. I, I really enjoyed the original Biblios. So I was yeah, so curious too. as like, how does that work as a roll and write? And just as you're explaining, I was like, oh, that seems really cool. And uh, I'm yeah. gonna tell you this. So it's a hidden gem. It's a hidden gem on my shelf. It's on my shelf of opportunity back here, folks. Uh, somewhere <laughs> I need to dig it up and actually play it. Now that Kimberly's recommended it. So mm-hmm. what about you, Chris? Have you uh, played or, uh, this game? I've no, I haven't played this game, but I saw it when I was scrolling through BGG, and obviously I I looked at it because it said Biblios, and I think that's kind of because uh, I I love the original as well. I think it's such a yeah. slick, yeah. such a great little little auction bidding game. Um, right. And I think this is kind of cool when you get those. This is a testament to using that initial IP and changing it into something kind of like Lost Cities, right? Uh, yeah. That changing it into a different format and still keeping its 
its DNA, but creating a, a whole new, different, exciting experience. And this that sounds exciting to me. I'm happy yeah. that this was the one that you chose, especially out of those four options, because I'm a big Biblios fan. And so I'm nice. I'm yeah, thrilled that it that it that you enjoyed it enough to put it on the list too. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Great choice, Kimberly. Let's uh, move on mm-hmm. to our number seven. I believe it's back to Chris. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yeah, uh, so my number seven, it's ranked uh, 5,893 on Board Game Geek. And this is, honestly, I don't even know who the publisher is. And I feel bad about that because I should have looked it up beforehand, <laughs> but I'm a bad YouTuber. That's okay. Um, it, this is this is an escape room. It's like a big escape room uh, experience over multiple sessions. This is something that my neighbors had and they invited uh, my girlfriend and I to come over and play and my girlfriend loves it and she she went on and I was busy and they played a section without me and I was jealous. Uh, It's called the Emerald Flame. Uh, The Emerald Flame is what it's called. It's a bit more, it's a bit uh, on the pricier side of like those one shot escape room experiences but I feel like you can sort of justify it because there's multiple there's multiple levels, right? There's multiple layers, and and there's a lot of really fun components. You'll see this this map that was there. There's a cool thing of having to look at like the different crests on other cards, and then lay down like overlaid translucent things. And then you had this one set of beads that you had to figure out how the measurements worked and like connect things around the city. So it's a really like tactile experience and uh, in, in, in a very well produced experience of of, a, of an escape room and the puzzles are challenging uh yeah decently challenging and it comes with like a refresh pack in it i'm fairly certain mm. uh so all of those reasons i love that there's a refresh pack because that's one of my favorite things about like the unlock series is that you can pass them on to a friend right yeah. you can trade them out you can you can experience it and and you don't like we're we were talking a little bit about this in the pre-show about pandemic legacy and and like tearing components and like damaging components i don't like necessarily like damaging components so i like that there's the ability to have this refresh pack in there um and the the yeah the, the puzzles were fun and you know sometimes with escape rooms like we there were four of us and it felt like we all were working on something which isn't something that you can always say about those those larger escape room experiences sometimes it's just like okay two people work and two people watch mm-hmm. but i felt like there was enough here and enough puzzles and enough things of a, of a tactile experience that um 
I wanted to give it a shout out because uh, I thought it was really well, really well produced. And if you like that genre, then it's definitely one to take note of. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. There's, there's so many escape room uh, type games nowadays, and it's mm-hmm. always good to find, you know, get, uh, learn uh, from someone that's actually played them, like which ones are good. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's so many that, that are out there. Yeah. I'm not really sure. What get. So that looks interesting, Chris. I'm glad to, that, yeah. glad you put this on the list. I was yeah, looking. I was, yeah. Oh, I'm sold. Go ahead. I'm 100% sold. I am, <laughs> I am in that group of people who love to do yes. those kinds of things, the exits and the unlocks. And mm-hmm. I did the advent calendar from this last year. It's my first time doing an exit oh, advent cool. calendar. Was oh, it good? Made my long list, people. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I finished Aria's long list. That's yeah. it because it was like every day I look forward to a little puzzle. And the whole thing was just really fun. So I'm I'm in. I'm I'm in. Yeah. Nice. That's on my list. I'm awesome. doing it. Yeah, the advent calendar. I saw the advent calendar was in our criteria too. I was th- I was contemplating. I, like I didn't I didn't do it, but I know some people who did it as well. Right. I'm thrilled that it was good though. I thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, awesome. Okay, continue on the list here. Let's move on with our hidden gems from 2021. Uh, you know, uh, so this is my pick. Uh, we were just talking about Dr. Steve Finn, um, and Kimberly actually called out the game that I've put on the list here. So you're going to be happy, Kimberly. Our number six is the Whatnot Cabinet. Um, Nice. This, I don't, I I, I love, and you know, Kimberly, also on my uh, long list, well, uh, maybe I'll save it for later um, for the post show. So (laughs) folks, we record this live on Twitch and we do a pre-show and a post-show. So be sure to follow us on Twitch as well to see all the goodies uh, where we talk about the entire list. But the Whatnot Cabinet, oh, I mean, it's a beautiful game. Mm -hmm. And like other Steve Finn games, it plays about 20, 25 minutes, but gosh, the experience is so good. There's so much depth to it. And it's really, it's a simple game. You're just lay, you know, drawing tiles and you have this really cute uh, uh, curios cabinet. You're trying to uh, create a cabinet uh, full of uh, goodies and line them up. So they, you know, certain ones, you want certain colors, certain types rows and columns then you have like um different goals uh in-game goals that you can do so replayable and it's got that really neat mechanism i i really enjoy where at, you can see here on the screen where you have a separate board you're going to place your token or your you know a figure on one of those and take that action and sometimes you want to be first sometimes you want to be last uh, other times you want an action that someone's already taken i love that tension i mean it's not like a stressful tension but it's a really nice Oh, what do I do now? I don't want to give up this piece. I really want, you know, the turtle here, or I really want this. Oh, like all of his other games, it just, it flows so well. And again, it's something I can bring to a game night where there's new gamers and also veteran gamers, and we both all Mm -hmm. enjoy it. That's why it's our number six on Hidden Gems for 2021, The Whatnot Cabinet. Yes, I agree. It's got that, like you said, it's it's the great tension of, what action do you want? But that's going to put you in pecking order for the next round. So do yes. you want to have that priority? Kind of like King Domino where you, yeah. you, know, you draft the top tile, which means you get to, you know, be first next time. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, so good. good. So yes. smart. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, Richard's got number five. Let's go see what our friend has on the list. Hey everybody, okay, number five on the list is Dungeon Decorators, which, uh, even though it made my top ten of the year, comes in at a paltry 7,695, as if there's 7,694 games in the industry better. That is not the case, because this is one of my favorite all-time tile-land games, and tiling is one of my favorite all-time mechanisms of all time. Now, in this game, we are Dungeon Decorators. We've been hired by really cute, quirky clientele that have unique ways that they want their dungeon built and decorated, and 
end every round, uh, we're going to do a King Domino-style draft to grab tiles and extend the dungeons we're making for our clients and decorate them. Because the trick of this game is every tile you grab is two-sided. One side has a dungeon piece on it, either a, a corridor or a room, and um, you use that to expand the dungeon and put in different rooms and you'll make a labyrinth of stuff for adventurers to come and explore in some future game. But you can, when you get that tile, you can flip it over to the other side, at which point it's no longer a room or a dungeon. It's decoration icons like uh, spooky cobwebs and torches to keep the place well lit and artifacts and all kinds of things. And the thing is, your clients have particular needs for the type of dungeon you're making, but they also have requests for how it is decorated. And you need to be focusing on trying to balance both of those considerations with every single tile you grab. And the interesting thing is, when you get this tile and you're going to flip it one way or the other, it's almost like you're playing two separate tile land games at once. There's the more traditional one where, yeah, I'm just trying to make a cool dungeon with rooms and corridors and all that kind of stuff, but I've got to leave room. I've got to leave spaces around the corridors and rooms so that I can put the decorations down instead. And, um, you know, again, fulfill all those requirements. And this extra level of complexity, again, it's like a double uh, dungeon. Uh, layer where we're working on two different things at the same time and we've got to make sure they all fit together. This game is fantastic. If you like tile laying games and you're looking for something really unique and different that is just so much fun and has a really wonderful sense of humor too. All the um, objective cards you can get in the clientele are really clever and very thematic. Then might I suggest number five on this list of hidden gems, Dungeon Decorators. Wow. Um, we've got a lot of tile lane games on this list. I love that because I am a huge tile lane fan. Michelle and I love them. And I remember when Dungeon Decorators came out, it felt like to me it came out and then it was just gone. Like I never heard about it. Mm -hmm. It was sort of like uh, Kaiser Soze, you know, just just gone with the wind or whatever. <laughs> um, have, have, did you all get to play this? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I played it because it was on one of Richard's lists and then my husband got it. And so we oh, played okay. it. <laughs> nice. was like, Ronald, really? It. We, we, so we got to play it a couple times and yeah it's got that really satisfying um you know setup like you talked about where you're you're building hallways and rooms but then you have to also plan for those decorations you have two different objective cards mm -hmm. um and so they you know once you've completed something you just get to you know uh, turn it turn it in and, and get your points for it um cool. but yeah it's 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 really cool, and of course the king domino you, right. picking from the the row you get to you yeah. know have priority next oh, time. But yeah, it was good mechanics. Cool, awesome. Okay, yeah. um, let's move on to our number four. Uh, back to Kimberly. I can't believe we oh, only got three boy. each this time. Yeah, this this I know, right? feels boy. like yeah, it feels tough. It feels, you really gotta you really gotta like them. Yep. Yeah, and I feel like my my two and three are uh, justifiable, and my number one is a game that I have a lot of fun in, and that's why I made my number one. Sometimes I think fun might be oh, like underrated. I think um, yeah. you know, yep. sometimes we just kind of get caught up in oh well this mechanic or oh that theme, and and we really want that to kind of you know marry. And I think this one marries both of those, but it has some wild luck in it, and that might. You know, make that maybe that's why it's a little bit lower on the list. I'm not, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. uh, my this actually ranks um, eight thousand nine hundred and eighty two, so it's closer to to dungeon decorators on <laughs> on the list. Uh, so uh, the game is called Rollin' One. Rollin' One. <laughs> <Does anyone? Okay. laughs> 
(laughs) It's a golf game. And you roll dice based on what club you'd like to use. And each club is a different sided die that has different images on it. So if you'd like, uh, first off, you have to set up the entire course. You can have a par three, par four, par five. Oh my gosh, that's me. I love the video. <laughs> you, you've got your golf clubs there. That's perfect. And my dad's golf clubs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and you set up your 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 course, your your hole, and uh, you simply will just like set it up, and you'll just tee off, and you'll most likely have a driver because you want it to go really far. And each of the dice has a different uh, kind of function, but you can keep rolling the die as long as you have a higher number than the previously rolled number. So you can just keep going and keep going on the die. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you're just going to stop because you go into a sand pit, you go into a water uh, or trap, or you, you hit, roll off the side of the map and you have to stop and take a, a you know, a, a damage or what is that called? Not a damage. It's whatever it is. Um, but you have to essentially get your, you know, get your ball in the cup. And when you do, uh, then everybody else is going to have uh, negative points based on where they are in pecking order coming in. So it's loads of fun, lots of luck, um, but it's just fun. I just have fun. You have different, you know, cards that you can use that okay. manipulate your turn. Uh, it, I don't know. I, I just, it's fun. It's yeah. very, very fun. <laughs> I, am, I am all about this, Kimberly. I've never heard about this game. I'm so excited. I'm literally so Again, we record this live. I just went yeah. on trying to find a copy. I want to buy this. I will insta buy it because <laughs> back in the day, yeah, it's you know back in the day I was a weekend warrior and golfer. I haven't golfed in a while, but you know I was terrible at it. And I figured with the bad luck with the dice, hey, it's just like the real thing. You know, it's like there you, you know, go, hit the ball over the course. You know, so that looks yeah. fun. Oh my gosh, what a great call! Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I... have you played, Chris? No, no, no! I haven't. I've I've played golf, but I haven't played this. I haven't played roll in one. No I, golf what, games. This is unique. What, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love unique themes. Uh, what what really grabbed my attention for that is that you can keep rolling. So I love that sort of can't stop. You, you yep. push your luck. Oh, yeah. Like that to me oh, makes it makes okay. it interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. So we've got our golf away. Uh. Put away now. Let our clubs away. Let's go <laughs> to our number three. Uh. Back to you, Chris. All right, well, this is a bit on the other end of the spectrum in terms of complexity. Uh, This is a large, epic 4X space game that is currently ranked at an... It's it's offensive to me that it's 9,324, but that's only because it was a smaller run. If more people get their hands on this game who like that genre, this is going to blow them out of the water. This is better than Twilight Imperium by a mile. What? This is, yeah. What? This, you'll never play Twilight Imperium again if you play this game okay. because it is so much better. Uh, well, I'm not a huge fan of Twilight Imperium, but I did a review on Twilight Imperium, mm-hmm. and then the designer reached of this game reached out to me and said, hey, I've designed a game. I had a similar, like, some complaints about Twilight Imperium. I've designed this big game, and I feel like it addresses all of your complaints. Um, Check it out. And I was like, yes, please check it out. And he sent him my way, and I I took a long time to to play it and, like, get a review out on my channel. I put out a review, I think, in January over on the board for this one. It's a game called Galactic Era. And it is so, so good. It is so... 
Oh, okay. Do this dumb little thing on my channel where I have a golden buzzer, like America's Got Talent moment. Oh, look, that's me. There that is are. my. That, this is my review. It's that handsome um, devil up there. There we go. Uh, I have this this stupid golden buzzer that I'll push if I want to give a game the best game of the year, and I only allow myself to push it four times a year. And I sometimes do. I've never hit the four time allocation. I try to push it on like very rare occasion. You get all these asymmetrical these asymmetric factions. They all have a different ability. They all have a a light side and a dark side and you can choose to change yourself to being like service to others or service to self that's what that's what i'm showing on the on the b-roll with those different races and there's just so many exciting mechanics about this game i slapped that golden buzzer it gave it its best of the year in january it it, nice. it is like it's like one of the top because uh, I always just give things best of the year when I review it. Because I'm like, yeah, I reviewed it that year. I played it this year. For me, th this was just like such a standout. The tech trees are so interesting. The All the alien powers feel really fun. And there's like 17 of them or something ridiculous like that. Mm. And you can... You also have these four different like objectives that give you points throughout throughout the game. You also have these like eight different like big objective tokens as well, which which determine if you're going to play like a really cutthroat competitive game or like a more economic game or like an easier, lighter, friendlier game. They they have all of these different ways you can mix and match things in order to get that, and it's just like. Yeah, it's it's so good. If if this has piqued your interest at all, you can check out my full review, um, which is which you know was playing right there. But it 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 blew my mind wide open. It is such a great design, and it was a smaller run. Like it was on Kickstarter, and then it fulfilled, and and he's the the designers just kind of selling it through various channels in their own store and 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 whatever. But it it's so fun. Like wow. yeah, I... and and everybody who I've introduced it to. Um, had a great time as well yeah that, that's awesome you, you had me at twilight imperium killer like i i love yeah. twilight imperium um <laughs> but i'm really curious so how long uh, like does a standard game of galactic eras uh take um three to four hours i'd say i've played okay. it at like the three to five player count i don't think i've played a six player count yet mm -hmm. maybe i did yeah so so like three to four hours is with the teach i feel is is uh is what okay. happens so you're, you're signing up for yeah. a long haul but in terms of those like larger um space 4x games that's kind of par for the course in terms of time of course. that it takes right well, my my question was more about the player count um what mm -hmm. what does it work best with can it go lower or is it not as dynamic with a lower player count yeah i actually liked it with three i had there's a two-player variant uh and then there was a re resolve like a renewed two-player variant uh he he listened to like the the feedback from people and made a, a better two-player variant i haven't played it at that two-player count um i didn't get to try it out at that but i would because i had such a good time i played it three four and five uh, and for me it worked it worked at all the the player counts that you know more players there's more chance for interaction but the board scales right so the, there's with three players it's a bit like if you're heading all the good stuff's in the middle of the galaxy. Basically, there's a big middle galaxy system, and then you stick on one big galaxy uh, quadrant to, for each player. And okay. for the ones, whenever there are less than six players, there are little warp holes. So any space in between the map, they're considered adjacent. So you're always able to access your two neighbors. And so in like a five-player game, uh, your, your two immediate neighbors are more of a threat but they're also there as a benefit because if you end your space, you can trade technologies. 
you can if I'm higher up on one tech track and you're higher up on another tech track and we're not at war with each other, we can end in the same space and then we can be like, hey, you want to trade technologies? Great. And we both get that bump up and we both get that additional like extra ability, which okay. I also think is really fun. And so encourages that cooperation, but then mm -hmm. also encourages you to be in the same space as someone. And then you don't know when they're going to turn on you and declare war on you right. and then just like try to attack your planet. So it, nice. it, it, yeah. it builds that in as well. It's like, no, I'm coming. Listen, I'm coming over to your planet so we can trade. We can trade this fleet. Because your fleet power is also hidden. It's like face down yeah. chips and these little stacks. Um, and so you're like, this fleet, no, those are all dummy chips. Those are all dummy it. chips. It's just a fleet of one. I'm just coming over so we can trade. It's completely <laughs> fine. And so it gives you those moments of like, I know you're not, or maybe you're not. And so that that I really yeah. like as Ooh. well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It just it just yeah, it blew me away. It's really, really fun. And awesome. uh yeah, if you like that genre, yep. absolutely check it out. Yeah. Definitely, I'm definitely curious about that. Uh, Twilight Imperium being my number one game of all time, so I need to check this one out. I would love to check that. Yeah. So great call, thanks, and Chris. To, and, yeah. And to be fair, like I, I'm not a huge fan of Twilight Imperium. I played it, yep. I played it twice, and it, it really wasn't for me. Yeah. And so this did. Uh, so you may not like it because this, for me, addressed all of the changes that I wanted to see, right. and I felt like made for a more dynamic and exciting and potentially thematic experience. Yeah. Um, but but that that is worth it is, it is worth saying that that I was definitely a target audience because this the designer also was like oh, there's some things about Twilight Imperium that I'd like to see fixed right and, I've, and for for me it just it just hit on every aspect uh, nice. of of those changes for me but yeah absolutely worth checking out and trying if you like that genre I just think it's so fun yeah cool amazing all right uh, so we got two games talked uh, about left here folks so I'm gonna move on to our number two uh, this game was a very small print run, and I know that's why it's ranked so low, because it really didn't mm -hmm. get, you know, it didn't, uh, they didn't do a big Kickstarter or campaign. It was really, and my copy, I actually, I forgot to back it on Kickstarter. I just totally spaced and forgot to back it. But a friend of mine gifted me a copy. They had ordered a copy for me, so I thought it was like mm -hmm. the coolest thing. Um, and it's a game that got me into a genre of games that I never thought I'd be into. Our number two, folks, is Luzon Rails. It is a cube rail game. I had no idea what a cube rail game was. Um, I'd never played, you know, like Irish Gage or anything like that. But because of this, um, you, know, you can see me and my wife Michelle uh, playing it for Tabletop Live Network. Because of this game, it really piqued my curiosity. So I have a copy of Irish Gage now. I've, I backed a couple of uh, Cube Rails games on Kickstarter, some smaller print runs. Um, this one, it was the subject matter that really drew me in. Uh, the designer, Robin, uh, Robin David, I believe, uh, he is married to um, uh, a Filipino woman. I, my heritage, we're, um, Michelle and I are Filipino. And this is about the Philippines. Luzon is the big uh, one of the big main islands there, which is where my parents are from. And so that really grabbed me. And I was like, okay, I mean, a train game in the center of the Philippines, I don't know if that really, I was like, is that a thing? But apparently it is. And Michelle and I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, what's cool is it's a stock manipulation game, right? But it's not one of those like hardcore 18xx games where you have to have an Excel spreadsheet open to, you know, figure everything out. No, you're just bidding on different stocks. So you don't really own the companies, but you can buy shares into each one. And through your actions and stuff, that'll, you know, raise the price of some. You want to buy, obviously you want to buy low, sell high. 
And what's really neat, um, Chris and Kimberly, is the action selection is based on cards. So every round you have different actions that are available to you. You will also have some in your hand. So depending on you know how you play your cards and what cards are on the board can really change. Like, oh, I know Michelle really wants to lay track this turn. Do I take that card away from her? Or she can play one that raises the stock or something. It's so good and so smart. And you can see it's, it's funny. Uh, Michelle, she has her little uh, tongs there, you know, to reach I love and them. get all the little They're cubes. So good. Yeah, it's so <laughs> smart. We got that on like Amazon or something. But you'll see our, our copy is actually blinged out. I took the cubes away and replaced all the trains with Ticket to Ride trains, which cool. worked nice. so much better. And yeah. uh, mm -hmm. uh, we had so much fun with it. It's a game, again, that I never thought I'd be into. But because of the thematic matter, it that bought, brought me into it. And then the, the gameplay, it was so smooth and streamlined. And that's why it's our number two, Lose on Rails. Um, any fans of Cube Rails amongst the two of you? No. No. Okay. Just rail games. I mean, I love I love train games, but yeah. I, not not that specifically. So super intrigued. Yeah, check it out. Okay, we've got one more, folks. We're going to leave it to the man himself. Let's see what Richard's got for us at our number one hidden gem. Okay, folks, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Number one on the list has to be Dog Lover. And I know I'm not alone in this. I am sure that Ruel wanted to get this on his list as well because this is such a phenomenal card-drafting, tableau-building game from uh, publisher AEG designer David Short, inspired by a design from Josh Wood. This is basically the sequel to Cat Lady. And here's what I don't understand, folks. Cat Lady is a wonderful little game um, that made it into the top 1,000 on BoardGameGeek. And yet the sequel, Dog Lover, is sitting at number 4,144, even though this game is so much richer and more interesting than Cat Lady, uh, because it basically takes the core idea of every round, there is a grid of, of uh, pet cards that we're trying to adopt, and um, accessory cards that we can use to feed them and give them toys and all kinds of stuff. And every round, you are going to pick a collection of those from the grid and uh, grab them, you know, the best group you can for the way you're trying to score your points, taking care of all of these wonderful fuzzy critters. That I have just described both Cat Lady and Dog Lover. Um, and you know, on one level you could say, oh well, I like cats more than dogs, or dogs more than cats, that's how I should choose it. But Dog Lover adds so many new concepts to the Cat Lady formula. Uh, it's a bigger, more robust game than Cat Lady Plus's expansion, quite frankly, because you can train the dogs. Um, and the interesting thing is, the more tricks the dogs learn, the more variety, different ways you have to actually, actually draft the cards. Instead of just getting a straight line of cards, you could get them in a, in a checkerboard pattern or in an L-shape, Tetris-shape type things. So, the more you train the dogs, the more flexibility you have for drafting. Drafting. Um, but in addition to um, just getting the dogs and feeding them and giving them toys and training them, uh, there are also traits you can associate with the dogs also that give you different ways to score at the end of the game. This game, my only worry about it is, that I, only, the only thing I would warn you about is, this looks like it's a wonderful, charming, fast-playing, gateway-style game. That would be a totally reasonable expectation of this game, um, you know, from just looking at it from the surface. But there 
there are so many things, so many plates you're spinning, so many different types of cards you could be drafting, and you can't possibly master everything. So you have to be really, really smart about what you um, compromise on, what you sacrifice, so you can focus on other things. That This game, I would definitely say, it is not a gateway game. It is a gateway plus. In fact, I've seen people on Board Game Geek saying, I really want to play this with my um, friends who don't want to play games at all, but it's too complex. So that's the thing. This is, well, if you're watching this show, chances are you're a gamer's gamer. You're a real gamer geek, which means you are ready for this. It looks simple and lightweight, but it is so rich and robust. There are so many things to juggle, and it is so incredibly charming. It helps if you're a real dog lover, like my wife, Jen, and I, uh, because I appreciate the extra level they go to of you know personifying the dogs, giving them names and all that. But what's really uh, makes this game stand out is the incredibly rock-solid and satisfying card drafting that evolves over the course of the game as you get more powers and makes Dog Lover the number one hidden gem of 2021. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Richard Richard knows me uh, oh so well. I, I love Dog Lover. I love designs by Josh Wood. I think he's such a great designer. Uh, recently, I just got to play his Let's Go to Japan uh Fantastic mm. tableau builder. I'm also a huge fan of Santa Monica. Dog Lover is another one. I mean, you had me at Dog Lover. I'm I'm a dog lover. My pugs are sleeping right now, but I'm sure they'll show up soon. <laughs> but uh, any yeah. thoughts from uh, Kimberly or Chris, my friends? Uh, this was on my short list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this was on yeah. my short list. I think it's a great number one because I think it was on all of ours uh, yeah. at some point on our list. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I totally agree. And okay. and. It was really fun at BGG. I was this last year. I'd, I'd done a video for um, Dog Lover as a massive dog lover too, um, and really kind of agree with Richard that it's like you play this and you're just thinking, oh, this is going to be Cat Lady just with dogs, but there's so much yeah. more there to it, and it's just so satisfying. Um, and I, I had I had recently put my video out, and then uh, David Short was sitting one table away from me and was like. Hi, Tabletop Tolson. Thanks for the video. I was like, oh my gosh. I love it when designers are like, hey. Yes. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about earlier that that um, sometimes you benefit from that name recognition. I feel like Dog Lover has not benefited. Has It's been the opposite reaction because mm-hmm. absolutely, if you don't know that there are any differences mechanically, like you you would just assume it's a reskin. I assumed yeah. it was a reskin. I feel like everybody out there mm-hmm. assumes it's just a reskin of Cat Cat Lady. And Cat Lady's fun. You know, Cat Lady's in yep. Cat Lady's up there. I was surprised to see Dog Lover down there as well. I think if they said like Dog Lover, a Cat Lady game or something along those lines, <laughs> you know, to indicate that like it's a different system. And not right. just a reskin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that framing w- sh- would work, but I think that's that's the reason why people wouldn't get it. Because if you get Cat Lady, they're like, "Yeah, that's fun." And then why would I buy the same game, right? Exactly. So. Cool. Awesome. So there you go, friends. Our top twelve hidden gems from twenty twenty one. Thanks again for watching. I uh, want to thank uh, Chris and uh, Kimberly. We're gonna get going now. I do want to shout out our sponsor, uh, Perk Coffee. I want to thank them for sending over all the delicious coffee. And until next time, folks, be sure to use the code for checkout for a fifteen percent discount. And we'll see you later. Take care. So long. Bye bye.